Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours dribbles and just passing it to someone else and then letting the offense play through that and we know how it works with opposing defenses and, and off-ball Steph Curry they're not going to let him get the ball back so let me ask you this it, is this because of the Rockets defense because game three was the first game I saw that looked a little more like last year's Western Conference Finals than the first two games uh, now Katie caught fire and was absurd, particularly in the second half of the game. But it didn't. It doesn't change the fact that kind of Steph and Clay were just kind of not in the game for most of the time, and it was really just KD go ISO, whether it was no one else could get open or because he wanted to. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're too well. I think they're also too comfortable uh, going to that, which works. I think this year is actually working better than last year. Yeah, because uh, KD's better, I would say uh, so far, but. I think they do have to understand that if you're going to go that route, it does affect other players. The ceiling does get affected. The Warriors probably should have won that game last night. All Steph had to do was make a couple more layups. I mean, they didn't have to or, make Or they could have just got a few more rebounds. <laughs> they got out-rebounded by 20. I, I think that's, if you're a Warrior fan, that's probably the um, the biggest takeaway from the game. Steph played one of his worst games. The Warriors Got out rebounded by twenty. Seventeen to seven on the offensive rebounds. Seventeen offensive rebounds. PJ Tucker had more rebounds than the entire Warrior team in the last fifteen minutes. I mean, how many offensive rebounds did he come up with down the stretch or tipped out when the Warriors got a stop? That ended up turning into a James Harden relocation three or Eric Gordon three or Iman Shumpert three. I mean, okay, you'll look at those. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think they were worried about. But that's what I'm saying. All the they they out rebounded the Warriors by 20, and Steph played a largely awful game, and they lost in overtime by five. Yeah, I sometimes and Stephen and Vallejo texted in and saying Chuck up 30. The Warriors big three average between 16 and 19 shots a game, and it works. Just jacking it up doesn't work with their system. So I think he kind of agrees with what you're saying. My thing is, I I, I want to see that aggressiveness go because even if he's shooting 23 times, it doesn't feel like he's aggressive. Doesn't feel like there's a forcefulness to the way that he's playing. No, he was taking shots because he hadn't got the ball mm. for what felt like, you know, what felt like 10 minutes, but what we're really talking about is like two to three minutes of game time. They weren't shots in rhythm. So even though he took 23 shots, I wouldn't call them in rhythm of the offense shots. Yeah. They felt like yeah. pressing after a while and, you know, just not, not the rhythm shots we're used to at the Warriors when they're. Flowing. Yeah, when they're flowing. Though Houston does take them out of it. Oh, we got a caller. A caller with the, f- the first 10 minutes show. Let's let's go to Devin in the city. Devin, how's it going? Hey, gentlemen, how's it going, man? Good. Good. You're not worried about game three, huh? No, man, not at all. Uh, and to be frank, I'm kind of disappointed in the Warrior, like, with the Warrior family, man. Look, Steph had a bad game. Um, I think we all saw it. He was smoking layups out there that – and he, he, we, if you know Steph, you know he's a really good finisher. I got him up there with Kyrie, with, uh, I'm, you know, Kyrie with the edge. But he's a really good finisher. Um, I'm personally wondering maybe something's going on, you know, in-house, like as far as family or something, because the, the way he was playing, it just seemed like he wasn't there. Um, also, um, he, <laughs> Iman Shumpert, he's definitely a professional basketball player. But he gave them amazing minutes. I just can't see being consistent throughout the series. Um, P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon were out of this world. I, and I just feel like that was their best, like, punch, right? And uh, one thing I would like to see, there's a difference between feeding KD uh, when he's hot and being a little too unselfish. And I feel like if Steph plays a little more selfish, uh then he'll be all right because the shots he was taking were great. They were a lot of them were open opportunities he just missed. So uh, I have no, I have no, like I, I don't have anything to worry about. I think the only time I'll worry is if they have three. You know, if they got three wins, that's when I'll worry. <laughs> Until then, 
I'm on to the next one. <laughs> Thank you, Devin. Yeah, Devin makes some good points. Um, you're not going to get a better Eric Gordon game. 11 for 20, 30 points. That's pretty much the best Eric Gordon game you're going to get this series. Um, P.J. Tucker getting every rebound, what what felt like every rebound from mid-fourth quarter on, probably not going to happen every other game. And Steph missing, was it six? Was it six layups, Andy? Yeah. That's not going to happen every game either, in theory. So if you are a Warrior fan, you should feel somewhat optimistic that all those things broke the way they did and the Rockets still needed overtime to win. Yeah, we'll, we'll to cap it up on Steph a little bit too, I, I, I don't think the injuries matter that much right now. I think he looks fine. Like, athletically, he looks fine. He's getting to the hole. He, had, he missed six layups, but they were all open. Right? Yeah, he's getting there. This, this looks more like frustration than um, a health thing. We've seen Steph when he's limited where he can't beat a man yep. off the dribble and he can't get to the rim. He didn't have a problem getting to the rim. Uh, he had a problem finishing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're right, probably one of the better Houston games that we're going to get this series. We don't know how long this series is going to go. But a team that shot 43% from three, James Harden had a bunch of huge shots at the end of the game. You know, Regardless of whether that was a charge or not, um, I think he, I think the refs played another good game by the refs. I thought game two and game three uh, were, were officiated perfectly. And he played through it. He, he didn't try to flop. He just played basketball, and he was great. So refs are up 2-1 like the Warriors? <laughs> uh, you did say Iman Shumpert, by the way. Iman Shumpert played 18 minutes. Uh, probably the best, better than any bench player that the Warriors have. The Warriors have zero bench right now. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Alfonso McKinney uh, play the worst eight minutes. And and Kevon Looney, the Warriors. That's probably what we'll talk about on Jerebko, the other side. Individual Ooh. game plus minus, never the most reliable metric. But he played four minutes, and they were minus twelve in his minutes. I think that was what beginning of the second quarter. I mean, that was a rough spell. Um, this is where it's a little tricky because Kerr is trying to find ways to not play his starters forty five fifty minutes, but he's not really getting anything off the bench. Yeah, you can't really do anything about it. Minus 10 in two minutes, Andrew Bogut. Is that even possible? <laughs> Minus 10 in three minutes, actually. Whew. And it, I mean, it looked like it. It was We literally watched it in real time um, that second quarter where, where he tried to steal some minutes and it didn't work. Now it's a 2-1 series. Um, on the other, the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the lack of uh, the fatigue. Fatigue factor going for the Warriors, uh, how KD looks, and his Monday a must-win on 95-7 the game. Warriors World Radio continues on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Espandiari. Sam, I'm always way happier when Jeff is, is producing, when he's in charge of the music. That's a millennium. Ugh. Is his name Jeff? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I thought it was producer Joe. No? <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, I sound like the smart guy now. Uh, um, that, w- that was a good start. A better start than uh, than last time. We're back. Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari, War- Warriors World Radio. Back to the game. I think we, we watched it together. You, Sam had, like, he-, he wasn't smiling for, like, two hours. He just sat there stone-faced every time. You know. You've watched enough games with me. That's my general vibe. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. I, I do that thing where like my eyes get really big. Like I think that's going to make me see things better. <laughs> when in reality, not really. But mostly I just try not to get distracted. We were at the game, game two, uh, in person. Uh, you, have, you have a good season ticket, Sam. You know, people aren't, yeah, they aren't going to be happy. You won't. But you weren't saying anything either. No cheering. No waving, no fist pumping. You know, I was, trying, I was trying to get you to clap with me. You know, nothing was going on there. You were just dialed in. I just like to watch the game. I try to keep it serious. The Warriors, however, not dialed in. Or should I say Steph Curry, however, not dialed in. Um, are you worried? Are you worried about him the rest of the postseason? It's been a weird playoffs for him. He started game one against the Clippers was one of the best Steph Curry games I've ever seen. Um I mean, 38 points, obviously, he's beat that many times, but on 16 shots with 15 rebounds and total control of the game. And since then, um, really since 
KD said, I'm Kevin Durant. Steph's kind of been, I don't want to say bad. He's had a couple good games, but he's been not really in control of the game in the way we're used to. Yeah, one of the, um, it's kind of similar to last season. Like you were saying earlier, kind of similar. And one of the things where you've got two great players, and if you try to play one of them off ball, the postseason makes it tough. It makes it tougher on you, and the Warriors learn this year in, year out, and Steph is going to get through it, um, we think. Uh, but it might be ugly, uh, at least it is for now. Call in 888-957-9570. Text us on the Chillin' Auto Body text line 95795. We've got a few people on the line here. We've got Ellen in Berkeley. It's a team loss, not a Steph loss. That's what she says. Ellen, hey, how's it going? This is, not a, this is not a Steph loss, you guys. There's a team of five people playing at any given time, plus the bench. We have to remember the cohesion of the Warriors. Remember the 73-game season. Everybody was shooting. Everybody was making something, adding something to the game. We can't just put it all on Steph's shoulders. I'm curious to find out what were the stats for KD, Draymond, Iguodala, Clay Thompson. You know, were they shooting up to their par? Were they below par? You know, I mean, how many shots did they take? You know, were they making their their um, rebounds and all that kind of stuff? You know, if you're going to do an analysis, don't just put it on one guy. Because it's not, it wasn't just Steph Curry playing the the Houston Rockets. You know, it was five against five, not one against five. So thank you, Alan. Kind of be interesting to find out how the team went because I really think that there is a synergistic kind of thing going on. If somebody's down, the other people pick up some of that energy and take it, and then you know throw it into the basket, and we get little points and points and points. <laughs> I'd agree with you, Alan. Thanks for calling in. Um, Steve Kerr also agrees with you. Uh, the biggest takeaway for the Warriors, aside from Steph having a poor shooting night, was the rebounding. I think Steve Kerr said they outplayed us. They out- well, we had we had our chances. I mean, and, and let's be honest, it would have been a, a steal if we if we had won that game. They outplayed us. They outboarded us by twenty. They were the more physical, aggressive team right from the beginning. Um, we made that run in the fourth quarter based on Kevin's brilliance, and uh, and I felt like we we started competing um, better at that point. Um, but there were there were spells in that game where I I didn't like the. Uh, just a level of attention to detail and, and uh, competitiveness uh, defensively. And we had a lot of mistakes. So we, uh, we got outplayed. I thought Houston played really well. They deserved to win. So, yeah, I mean, you can point to Steph having an uncharacteristic, inefficient offensive night, or you can point to the fact that the Rockets had 20 more rebounds. Well, the Warriors got outplayed game three, the, and they barely lost in overtime, but they clearly got outplayed. I think we both, both agree with that. Uh, as what Kerr just said, game two, the Warriors outplayed the Rockets, and uh, they won by a few points, but it never felt like they were going to lose. And I don't think in game two, like in game two, KD was not as brilliant on offense as he was in game three. Nope. But it didn't matter because the Warriors won all the battles in the margins. Rebounding, loose balls, played harder on defense. With Kevin Durant, I think a lot of the stats comes where he had... A, did he drop 50 in one of the Clippers' losses, I think, in, in Game 5? I don't know if he had 50, something that around game, there. That was Game 6. That was the elimination game. Um, well, the, they lost one. Well, they lost Game... Uh, I believe it was 4 or, or something. They lost one where KD went off for near 50. And same happened last year where KD played really well and they ended up losing. And I th- guess that tends to happen sometimes where... Uh, they need him to bail him out. So it's not really on Kevin Durant. It's more so on like what you're saying. They don't play. They don't play defense for the majority of the game outside of the last five minutes. They don't rebound, right? They don't make free throws. They don't shoot well. And so they need Kevin Durant to score 45, 50 points just to get them close. And by the way, you're right. It was game five against the Clippers. He had 45 points and they lost. Uh, yep. Game six, he had 50 and they won pretty handily. But. It's not like he shot any different between game five and six. The difference was yep. in the way the team played defense, the way the team played collectively. Um, so, Ellen, had a point there. Back to the phones. Let's go to Greg in the city. We're talking about defense. Greg, how's it going? Yeah, I did want to talk about some defense. 
Um, real quick, though, the Warriors bench players need to do a better job getting on that offensive board. Jurebko, you know, when the shots about ready to go up, just don't just don't kick back and, and you know get on those boards. You know, you're that's why you're a forward, power forward. Uh, I did want to talk about Steph Curry a little bit. Now, one thing I do, Steph, Steve Curry's a good coach, but one thing I have a problem is this no-reach defense. Okay, you got to stay aggressive on defense. Okay, and other teams are really kind of hounding Curry. We need to do the same thing to their guards, you know, and, and try, you know, try and swipe at the ball, uh, strip steals, and because when you take away the aggressiveness of Curry, that's going to affect his offense. He's in foul trouble, you know? though, right? He's, he's getting these weird fouls yeah. because you can't take a, away his aggressiveness. I'm, I'm really kind of tired of Kerr preaching that no-reach defense, okay? So just just let him play good, hard-nosed defense like Iguodala tends to play in green. Let them all play like that, and mm. I think the offense will come around. And uh, I'm just about going Warriors, and I enjoy your show, guys. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Amped. I don't know about that. The Warriors, especially Steph Curry, has been in foul trouble. I think part of why he's not in rhythm is that he's reaching too much. And he's spending so much mental energy on putting his hands back and trying not to foul or vice versa, you know, getting four or five fouls and then having to play through that, that it's affecting the rest of the game. And it's happened pretty much all postseason. There's there's also no team in the NBA you want to be more careful about reaching with than the Houston Rockets. They're... Anytime you reach, they're looking to go up and draw the foul. So if there's one team where I would support Kerr kind of, you know, put your hands behind your back, don't get physical with it, it's the Rockets. It's not worth it. Versus, it's not worth giving James Harden 15-plus free throw attempts. We do have the um, – oh, we have Fillmore Mike on the line, but he dropped off. Um, Call back Fillmore Mike. 888-957-957. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? I, I think uh, Kerr, I don't know if we have the sound of him saying that the Warriors shouldn't have fouled there at the end. Um, they had issues with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson fouling Harden on a drive, on a pretty like you know pretty normal drive. Steph reaches in fouls him, two free throws. And uh, Chris Paul, in his own backcourt, uh, Clay swipes down and gets called for a foul. He didn't really touch Chris Paul, but Chris Paul flops, as Chris Paul does, and gets two free throws. And I believe the stat is, Sam, I don't know if I'm right or not, but they didn't score a field goal the last five minutes of the game. They essentially just scored four free throws. Uh, but the Warriors, you know, they found a way to tie it up, outscored them 8-4, to four, but it's the free throws. And it's because the Warriors are reaching. They lose that kind of, uh, they lose that uh, uh, discipline there. And, and they foul and they give free points away. Yeah, and this is this is too good a team to be basically giving them free stuff. Uh, Kevin Durant also had some thoughts on the game last night. No? No audio? <laughs> they made four more threes than us, and they out-rebounded us by 10. They got 17 offensive rebounds. That was the reason why they won the game. So uh, they definitely played with a lot more force, um, crushing the glass. Uh but they still play their brand. They didn't get away from what they do. They didn't, you know, run different plays or try to get different guys involved. They just played their game. But, you know, they, they beat us to a few 50-50 plays. So that was my major takeaway from the game. Um, if we go back to game two, the Warriors out-rebounded the Rockets by four. If we go to game one, it was a mostly even split as well. Game three, Rockets had 20 more rebounds. They had 17 offensive rebounds. That's your game right there. I don't even know how the Warriors kept it close with that discrepancy. Well, how did, how did KD? He had three rebounds. Right? Yeah. KD probably paid, played the best game on the team. I mean, I would say Iguodala was pretty close, but I mean, that's a role player. But Kevin Durant had three rebounds. He played 50 minutes almost at the four power forward position pretty much because Draymond Green played almost center primarily the entire game. So you can kind of put some of the blame on Draymond, but some of it goes on Durant too. I mean, three rebounds in 49 minutes. I get that he had 46 points or 40, yeah, 46 points. But I mean, do we expect Steph to get 10 every game like we did against the Clippers, right? So uh, that's part of, I think, the balance that the Warriors lack do lack sometimes. But again, it's, it's during a loss. And one of the losses where uh, I think Marcus uh, Thompson over at The Athletic was writing that the Warriors are not worried. 
Kevin Durant and Draymond Green are smiling and laughing and joking around in the locker room after the game. They're not worried about a loss like this. There are losses that you think, oh, man, they, they outplayed us. They might be a better team. This loss is, hey, they gave us everything we got, and we took this thing to overtime and maybe should have even won it. Yeah. Um, we got Armand from Fremont on line two. Armand, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? Uh, I got to say this, and I heard a caller mention something about we can't put it all on Steph Curry. I think that's the problem around here. If he was playing in any other market, he would get criticized. The problem is Kevin Durant could go off of 40 points in a loss, and we can somehow nitpick and find a way to say, well, he's got to move the ball more. Where the hell is Draymond Green's mama to get on Steph Curry since she likes to talk about KD in a loss, and he'll have 30 points? See, the problem with Steph Curry is he's not held to the same standard that LeBron James, James Harden, and all these other great players nationally. So is he going to get criticized the way he should? Because at the end of the day, we can talk about they didn't get enough offensive rebounds or rebounds in general, which, yes, is true. But they've won before being out-rebounded by 15, 10, or even 20 rebounds because they can out-shoot everybody. And when Steph and Clay aren't shooting the way that they need to, and let's understand this, they didn't even have to be good. They just need to be average, and they would have won that game. It don't matter if you win by one or ten. Just win the game. And I'm sorry, but we can't sit up here and say, well, Steph Curry can't do everything. Yeah, that's the problem. We expect Kevin Durant to in a loss where he gets 40 points, but Steph Curry Curry can just weasel his way out of the game, scoring 17 points, going 7 for 23. No, it's time to hold him to the same damn standard that we hold LeBron James and everybody else because they get criticized nationally, locally, People don't even want to criticize Steph or Clay. Whew. I'm on from Fremont. Love that. Thanks for calling. Weasel is way out of a 17-point game. That, that's a great line. Sam, you got to come back for that one? As a resident Steph Stan, uh, I, I do believe he gets criticism. He gets criticism from uh, a lot of national people that don't think he's a top-five player right now. So uh, I think for Warriors fans, I think maybe that's the problem. You might have a point there where Warriors fans are going to say, hey, we're always going to back Steph. But there's the other thing. Steph is the guy that got them here. Steph is the guy that got them this far from a lottery team, from a six-seed twice, then winning their first championship, two MVPs, and now this. Frankly, a couple, a couple bad games, I think that's fine. Also, I don't think anyone's saying Steph's performance was – up to his standards, not even up to kind of the baseline of okay play for the playoffs. It was just a bad game. Everyone, Everyone's calling it a bad game. KD played a better game than him. If Steph shows up, if Steph plays better, they probably win. But I think the more important point on this game was about the margins because he's going to have bad shooting nights the same way KD's going to have bad shooting nights, and every player does. It's can you win those games in other ways? Last night, the Warriors let the Rockets completely eat them alive on rebounds, on effort, on defense. I think that's the bigger story. Oh, man, I love the. I don't know, man. I like the last call. I think we got to cut the part where he said just have the sound bite of uh, weaseling his way out. You've got to cut that one, Carl. Um, but call us 888-957-9570. I don't know. I, I think here's the other thing about Warriors fans. I think part of the insecurities are that, hey, with LeBron James out of the playoffs – there's a, the best player in the NBA there is up for the taking, and I think Kevin Durant has seized that. Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard is there as well, um, though you know they might lose that series, so not really sure. Uh, but I think Warriors fans do want to see uh, do want to see Steph get that title. I think they do want to see him play well enough to be in that conversation. And so far, you know, to be honest, he hasn't. Yeah, I'm not even concerned about that because since Kevin Durant said. I guess my soundboard's not working. It's <laughs> Kevin Durant. You know who I am. There we go. Since Kevin Durant let us all know who he is, he's been averaging 39, 5 and 5, shooting 51% from the field, 44% from three. I mean, he's playing like he's the best player in the world. I don't think that's what I don't think the argument here is about Steph compared to KD. It's more about Steph playing up to Steph's standards. Well, I think that that's what fans are looking at when they don't want to criticize him. Right, they don't want to crazy. They want to see him play well enough. But hey, I think end of the day, you want both guys to play well because, like you said, man, if if Steph even plays an average game, that it's a three zero series, and 
you know, more likely than not, the Warriors probably sweep this thing tomorrow. But instead, the Warriors are up 2-1. They may not be worried, but Game 4 is a quick turnaround on Monday, tomorrow. And Durant played 49 minutes, Draymond played 44, Clay played 45, and Steph played 44. Might be tired. Yeah, the undercurrent of the series has been the Warriors have no bench. Uh, Looney was in foul trouble, but behind Looney and a little Sean Livingston, is there anyone on this bench who's reliable? Is it time to dust off Jordan Bell? He played last season. I mean, he played last postseason. But even if he plays, that's another five. That's that's not someone who's spelling Steph, Claire, KD. Yeah. I mean, that state, the options are barren at this point. I mean, you look at the Rockets. You know, they don't have Trevor Ariza, and we talked about the loss of Trevor Ariza last week um, and, and how the, the Rockets were essentially just too cheap to keep Trevor Ariza. But at least they have guys off the bench that can shoot, and they want to score, and they look like they want to be there and are aggressive. You know, Austin Rivers, three for six, right? He had eight, eight points. They have guys you can at least trust to make the right defensive rotation. I really think that's what it comes down to. Like it's, no, one's, no one's out here saying Austin Rivers is an all-world defender, but he at least knows where he's supposed to be more times than not. Can you say that for, I don't know, Quinn Cook, McKinney? I mean, those guys haven't been in these moments. At least Austin Rivers has played in like five or six straight playoffs. I mean, even even Nene had three offensive rebounds. I think those were pretty big offensive rebounds down the stretch too. They got Nene playing. Something that the Warriors should probably take advantage of, and that's what we talk, what we talk about pick and roll. They did run a lot of pick and roll yesterday. They ran a lot of Steph setting the screen as the pick and roll. didn't work because Steph was just not there. Just didn't have it. The Rockets saw that coming. One thing I noticed in the game was every time Steph went to set the screen, they fought through it and kind of pushed it away. They didn't even let him set the screen. So I think they're, I think, I think it's coming down to they, they're trying to force KD into ISO, and, I mean, he almost won the whole game by himself doing that. But ultimately they know that's a better chance for Rocket success than all three guys catching rhythm, and then it's over. Yeah. Yeah, need some type of off-ball movement somewhere. Uh, call us at 888-957-9570. We've got one more before we head to break here. Diego from the Bay. Fourth quarter struggles. Yeah, good topic. What's up, Diego? Hey, uh, I want to talk to you guys about how late fourth quarter, the Warriors turned into an ISO team. And then I remember two specific back-to-back possessions. They give Curry the ISO, and then he misses both shots. Next possession down the road, they give KD the ISO, and then he kicks it out to Iwadala for the corner three. And then that was a big play. But uh, what I, my, my question for you guys is, like, I, I don't ever remember past years having Curry in an ISO late game. Like, the Warriors have always been the team that just kicks it out, fights the open man, gets a good shot. But lately, it's more ISO and hitting contested shots, just hoping that the talent wins over – strategy and uh, i also want to say real quick about austin rivers he he comes in the game and gives effort and then he he has impact in the game none of the warriors bench guys have that that impact i I believe austin rivers did really good last game thank you diego um yeah i do think a lot of this is on the rockets though the rockets are forcing the warriors out of their offense and the warriors are turning to isolation the warriors can counter to this by playing just a little harder and trying to cut a little harder and kind of force their offense a little more. I mean, it's playoff basketball, though. You know, you knew this was going to happen. A lot of playoff playoff basketball devolves around, or, uh, you know, devolves into isolation basketball. And that's why. And and the thing about that is, it's tiring. You see James Harden, you know, and does end up tiring out. But he was great last night. And if you can't stop, you can't stop it. I thought Andre Godala did a great job on defense. Uh, didn't foul him, contested a few blocks, few steals. Uh, but he, James Harden had the type of game where, you know, this guy's the reigning MVP. You know, sometimes he can be noted as the best player on the floor. That's what makes it more frustrating when you're looking at Steph Curry, too, because he can have those exact same performances, has had them before on the greatest stage, game seven, right? Elimination game. He's played that well. It's just not there right now. And I think that's the frustrating part for Warriors fans. We got Austin and Walnut Creek. Austin, how's it going? More bench talk. Austin, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? 
We're good. Um, I just I just wanted to add. Um, I, I think the first games, uh, first couple games, we were able to hold Capella to uh, you know under ten or fifteen boards and under twenty points. And last night he had about twenty and ten. And so I think that had to be a big factor. And when you let Iman Shumpert go three for three, which is probably not going to happen every game. You know, those those factor in to why uh, they may have got the win last night and not even by a lot. So that was my take, and uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, have a good one. Um, yeah, I thought Capella was uh, – he looked like the player who'd been kind of a problem for the Warriors the last two years a lot more in Game 3 than he did in Game 1 or Game 2. I was kind of shocked how bad he played in the first two games, to be honest. Yeah, I um, guess he was sick or, or something. I don't, I don't know. But either way, it, a lot of it's effort, too, like you're saying. Uh, the Warriors, I mean, I had, we had a tech, got on a text line, 707, saying, you know, on a, on a back-to-back, they play over 70 minutes in 24 hours. They have plenty of rest. It shouldn't be a problem. There's a difference. It's a difference between playoff basketball and regular season basketball. You can play back-to-back in regular season basketball and it not be a problem. Playing these many minutes in playoff basketball where you're absolutely honed in, both mentally and physically, for 48 minutes a game, that becomes an issue. Uh, we got a few minutes before we head to break. Michael Urban's going to be back on the other side to talk about Warriors. Uh, let's see if we can get. Let's see if we can get Charles. Charles in San Jose. Charles, how's it going? Oh, we might not have Charles. Charles. You there? No, Charles. Hey, but Char- we got we got Patrick from Stockton. Patrick, how's it going? It's going well. Let me take my speaker off, man. I didn't realize you were to me so quick. <laughs> yeah, that's got dropped off. Austin Rivers getting decked. What happened here? Yeah, how you fellas doing? I'm here. How you guys doing? Doing well, brother. How are you? Hello? Yeah, we're with you. Hello? Yeah, Patrick, oh, we're with sorry. you. I, w- I was calling about the, uh, about, this, about the hard pick that was set pretty much late, like the last play of the game last night by Draymond. Um, and it looked like, you know, before I saw the replay, um, I saw I saw a lot of rocket body language, you know, showing that there was an elbow or, or like a forearm or shoulder. Then when I saw the replay, Draymond just was straight up with his arms crossed, hands at his midsection, and didn't turn, lean, or do anything extra. Rivers just caught the, 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 the brunt of a hard, you know, hard, of a hard pick. And then I heard, I think it was Van Gundy, uh, that said, there's nothing there. It's just a good screen. I just was wondering, was there, I didn't hear anything about it from the league or from the Rockets post game or anything. It's just, I think it's, and then I saw how physical they were trying to be with Steph, like running through the screens and yeah. trying to not let him set the screens as you were just talking about. Just was wondering, do you think there's going to be anything interesting to happen in game four? Yeah, Patrick, thanks for the call, man. No, I, you know, I, I think that, the, the Rockets and the Warriors definitely don't like each other, but I don't think it'll get that far. I think Draymond's at three tags. I don't didn't see the play. Don't think anything's going to come out of it. Uh, but the Warriors, here's the other thing. They don't have that type of player that really does that anymore. Zaza's not there. Bogut's not playing. David West isn't there. Right. Dray- Draymond does it, but Draymond's... Got to be careful. And he's six six. He's not seven feet tall. So they kind of, you know, I wouldn't say they need that toughness, but that was part of what made the Warriors the Warriors. Um, I think that's probably you know a little bit low on the priority list, but I think you know Patrick made a good point. It was uh, that type of play it might get the Warriors back and might get them at least Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, those guys back in the game because uh, they need those type of screens to get open. They're not really open right now. I don't think Clay shot many times even. I think Clay shot how many, sixteen times, uh, and, and made six. So I don't think he was in rhythm at all. Um, so it, it was a uh, it was a tough one. Um, for the Warriors And that's shooters. playoff basketball, too. Um, no refs perfect, but I do think the refs let a little more go last night than they were previously. We've got Michael Urban back coming on the other side, talking about Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, rest of the NBA, Warriors World Radio, 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Andy Liu, Sam Esfandiari, Warriors World Radio. Not, I don't like that drop that much, Sam. Yes, Sam doesn't know what to say. Speechless. Not a fan. Don't let me. It's Chainsmokers. I'll let you, I'll let you critique the music. They're that's, headlining that's Chase Center. Forte. They're going to be at Chase Center, I think, in October. Sometime in this September, October. 
Sounds about right. <laughs> I think the only uh, the only EDM uh, thing that they have so far, Chase Center, I think they have like Eric Clapton too. Is that more, oh, your, you got Metallica? more your vibe? Metallica, is that more your vibe? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what Metallica is. <laughs> uh, we've got Michael Irvin uh, coming soon, I think, in a, in a few minutes here. Uh, talk about Warriors, talk about Steph, KD, you know, all, all the fun stuff. KD or Kawhi, I think that should be a fun topic. We'll, yeah, we'll you do see next Kawhi's hour. game today? I did. I 39, did. 13 of 20 from the field, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Kind of reminded have, me of did Kobe. Have seven, did have 7 turnovers. But, yeah, I mean, he – is it safe to say Kawhi and KD are playing the best of anyone in the playoffs so far? Is he even close? Yes, not even close. I'm trying to think who else I'd throw in. Like, Jimmy Butler's been pretty nah. good, but not on that level. Giannis. Um, Giannis has been really good, but not on that level nope. either. Nope. Um, although his game three was certainly on their level. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's uh, it's Durant or Kawhi right now, and it's not close. The only thing is, I do it's see this. It's not close. It's or, it's one or the other, right? Okay. okay. Yeah, one or oh, the I other. See what you're saying. Yeah. It's not close for anyone else. Yeah, it's not. It's not as of right now. I think you could throw Dame in there. Yeah, but you, Dame's had a rough series. Yep. Dame. I mean, Dame's uh, execution of Russell Westbrook was. Amazing, and it's kind of made everyone forget he's had kind of a ho hum second round series so far. Yeah, you get a couple highlight reel. Uh, I mean, it was plays. amazing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, he's got a cool celebration, good crowd, but that series looks like it's going seven two. So, ooh, we've got Michael Urban on the line, sir. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on, man. I'm doing great, man. Here's my level of dedication <laughs> to Warriors World Radio. <laughs> I was just about to get to the Bay Bridge. And I know well enough to know that I may drop out of reception while on the bridge. So I pulled over and I'm illegally parked in front of some nondescript building. But just so you can hear me clearly, guys. That is love right there. I appreciate it, sir. That is all to talk about Steph Curry, huh? All to talk about the struggles of of the great Steph Curry. Yeah, seven for 23 last night. Uh, He hasn't really had... Through the whole class, he busted out for 38 in the first game against the Clippers. Is that right? That is right. Okay, I think that's the only Steph game we've seen of the postseason. We certainly haven't seen one uh, in this Rocket series. But like many, you know, things that have come up during this series, I, I say that's it's almost a good thing. It's almost a reason to feel good because you know you're not going to st- keep Steph Curry shut down for an entire series. So he's going to come up with a Steph game. I would guess that. We're going to get a clay game eventually, and if KD just does what he's been doing throughout the playoffs, that should be enough. I'm, I'm, I said on my show earlier today that my confidence level going into the postseason was at about a 6 for many obvious reasons, but it was a 10 after they dismissed the Clippers because I felt like, all right, now they're engaged. And the fact that they lost game three, I'm still at a 10, man. I, I called this as a five-game series. I think the Warriors win tomorrow, and I think they come home and celebrate advancing to the Western Conference Finals for the fifth straight year when they win Game 5. You're listening to Warriors World Radio. Michael Urban, uh, good enough to join us. Uh, Herbs, one thing I am concerned about, Steph Curry, 44 minutes. Clay Thompson, 46 minutes. Kevin Durant, 49 minutes. Draymond Green, 45 minutes. Uh, Steve Kerr loves his strength in numbers credo. I don't yeah, think it really applies to this team. Strength in superstars. Absolutely. Um, they obviously they went to overtime in Game Three. Uh, they're playing maybe six guys in this series. Mm-hmm. Is that a concern for you? The longer this goes, I mean, guys get tired. Yeah, but it's it's the playoffs, man. They know what they you know this is this is what they signed up for. They know that, and you're right. I'm glad you pointed that out because. You look at the starting five all having 40 minutes plus in your first reaction. Well, that's a bit aggressive, but it was an overtime game, so that skews the playing time numbers. Look, Andrew Bogut doesn't fit in this series. The fact that Looney got into foul trouble changed things quite a bit, and I think that had a big impact because we know that he, he fits into a series against the Rockets because if the Warriors are switching everything, and you have Looney at the center, then you continue to switch everything because he's, he's fine trying to stay in front of uh, CP3 and Harden, and none of their other big men can do that. Now, you know, Boogie Cousins beat up on Clint Capella in probably what was his best game, 
as a warrior, but you know, I, I, I still don't think that Boogie would have fit great in this series anyway. In, in terms of being overworked, look, Iguodala is the master of you know, kind of just hanging out in the regular season. <laughs> And everyone bitches about he's making $16 million and he doesn't contribute much in, you know, in the regular season. But what I'm thinking and what I assume the Warriors brass was thinking is, okay, you need to win 16 games in the playoffs. If it's going to cost me a million dollars to get great, a great Iguodala to get those 16 wins, I'm fine with paying a million per win. It's not my <laughs> money, but Joe Lacob, he can afford a million per win. <laughs> that that's what he's paying for right now. He'll get it back. They're getting a game five, Michael. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. That means a lot of money back in their pocket. <laughs> be, uh, by the way, I'll have you know that I almost fell out my fell out my chair here when you said that you pulled over for the show. So really, uh, really oh, wow. appreciate that. Yeah, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos recorded the whole thing. Uh, not too happy about it. This is all about my respect for Warriors World Radio <laughs> and Carl Buschek. <laughs> um, all right, so let, let's talk about Durant. Let's talk about because. He's been amazing, but here's the thing. He's been amazing before, and the Warriors have also lost those games. Now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it's a couple of different things, right? Like, they kind of need him to bail him out. Uh, mm-hmm. The other players are that bad. But, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing that he's taking all these shots or that other guys are out of rhythm, but what's, like, a good balance for that? Because it does seem like more often than not, when he does have to score over 40 points, they don't have a winning record. Yeah, you're right. I think the uh, the 50 piece that he dropped on the Clippers in Game Six may be the first uh, the first you know going off game, so to speak, that that Durant has played where the Warriors won. It is curious that they they seem to lose when when he goes off. But my my, my answer, my theory on that is that look, he's the only guy scoring in that game. I would guess that in those games where he goes off and the Warriors lose. Steph didn't have a very good game, or Clay didn't have to have a very good game, or both, which is why Kevin, knowing that they were off, took on you know the bulk of, of the scoring load. And it kills me when people say, they use that stat and say, see, KD is not that valuable. It, it's, a, it's a quiet 46. There's no such thing as a quiet 46. 46 <laughs> is loud as hell. I don't care if you play 20 overtimes. That's a lot. I, I don't think that's a reason to knock Kevin Durant in, in, in any way. Look, I'll, I'll take a quiet 46 every day of the week. Absolutely. Um, KD, by the way, since he said, I'm Kevin Durant, averaging 39.4 points per game, 51% from the field, 44% from three, I don't know that it's possible to play better than that. Yeah. In Toronto, Kawhi Leonard dropped a nice 39 efficiently tonight, too. And my question for you is, are these the two best players in the NBA right now? Um, yeah, I heard you say they are, and that nobody's close to to either of those two guys. I would agree with you that they are the two best. I think KD is better than Kawhi. I'd much rather have KD. Um, but I don't think there's a monster gap between Kawhi and, say, Steph Curry. You know, I mean, Kawhi is great, but... Some people would think, oh, it's, you know, there's nobody close to Kawhi, who's the second best player. And it's not just Steph Curry that I think belongs in that conversation. There's, you know, Dame, I think. If we're looking at right now, I know he hasn't been great in this series so far, but look at what he did. I loved when one of you guys dropped his execution (laughs) of Russell Westbrook. I mean, that was awesome. And they basically... Uh, added on to the notion that Russell Westbrook is killing the triple-double. It's like we went nuts over it when he averaged it in the first year that he did it because it was the first time anyone done it since Oscar Robertson, and you hear that name, and this guy did what Oscar Robertson did. Oh, my God, he's amazing. And then he does it for a second year in a row and doesn't do much in the playoffs, and then he does it for a third year in a row and doesn't do much in the playoffs. It sucks for guys like Draymond Green, who, when they get a triple-double, it's a hugely impactful triple-double, even if he only scored 10 points. But Russell Westbrook, we know that he goes out, at times, hunting triple-doubles. Like, they're blowing a team out, but he's got eight assists, 12 rebounds, and 36 points, and he wants to stay on the floor to get those two assists. That's, that's bastardizing the game of basketball, and Draymond doesn't do that. Draymond's 
10, 10, 10 to me is way more valuable than Russ Westbrook's 35, 14, 14. On the triple-double note, uh, Nikola Jokic was an honest triple-double tonight, and he's basically a half-assist a game away from averaging 25, 12, and 10 for the playoffs. So there are ways to get triple-doubles and actually impact the game in a winning way. Honest triple-doubles, Herbs, is what we call it, where they (laughs) play to win the game and get a triple-double. Absolutely with you on that. <laughs> um, well, okay, so I'm curious about Steve Kerr's urgency because he there's a couple things that he's doing here. He started the death line. I don't want to get your thoughts on this. He started the death line up to start the series. Went well. They win the first two games. He's running you know, a lot more pick and roll. He's putting the ball more in KD's hands, and it's succeeding. Game three, he scales it back a little bit, and he goes ahead and he plays Bogut, and he plays you know, Jarebko. And they're instantly terrible. Um, what do you think he does, though, for the rest of the series? Because it's not really curse fought, I don't think. They just got guys that can't play right now. Yeah, and it's, it's all about the fit. And it's, the Rockets are one of those weird teams who can, just by the nature of the way they play, they can eliminate part of your bench because, again, they don't fit. But I don't think, if you're going to criticize Kerr for anything, it would probably be some late-game decisions, like when you have two timeouts left and you don't use one of them. Uh, during, but, but I get it, because he played for Phil Jackson, and Phil Jackson often wouldn't call a timeout in the same situation, thinking, okay, we're, we're not going to take a timeout, because if we do, they have a chance to set up the defense, and it'll be, you know, no matter what kind of great play I call coming out of the timeout, they should be ready for it. So, you know, it's, I think part of that is based in his experience. But uh, you mentioned starting the Hamptons 5, sense of urgency. Absolutely, that, that's what that was. It, it may not be strictly to communicate the urgency of the situation to his team, uh, but I think that's the overriding theory. As soon as you saw it, you're like, wow, Steve, Steve means business now. And it did go well. They won the first two games. And I thought his decision to try to incorporate some of the bench, I get it, but I think he quickly realized that that's not going to work. And I'd be shocked if we saw anybody other than Looney getting double-digit minutes in Game 4. Yeah, I mean, he didn't go back to Bogut or Drebko after the second quarter. I think that said everything he needed to know. Uh, Bogut, Bogut knows he doesn't fit. He said that multiple times. And and it's fine because if the Warriors advance, gonna need a lot more Bogut versus Jokic or Canner. So it's all about playing the matchup. Uh, Herbs, before we get you out of here, let, let me get one thought for you. What what is the one thing the Warriors need to do in Game Four to get the win in Houston? Um, play defense with urgency the full forty eight minutes. We all know they all talk about it all the time. Their offense is. You know, their defense feeds the offense. If they're playing good defense, they get out in transition. Their offense is better. Um, I, so I would just say, you know, hey, the defense that they played in games one and game two, they didn't play awful defense yesterday, but it wasn't great. If they give a great defensive performance, I don't care who you're playing, the Warriors at their defensive peak are going to beat anybody. Whew. See, Herbs, we need that energy. Yeah, we need that energy, <laughs> Herbs. Like, we need, like, that's what you got to teach us. You know, it's just still our first year doing this thing, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. You know what? You guys are my front runners for Radio Rookies of the Year. Keep it up. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, Herbs. Get home safe. Hello, legal. You're Ooh. listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD1, KGMZ San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Straight from the call into legal. Sam is a vet. A vet. It's only been a few months. Already sounding like a natural. I mean, the last three shows, we were at least five minutes late on legal. So me getting in there within 30 seconds of when we had to do it felt like a big win. Is there a time limit on legal? Do we have to hit legal at a certain time? No. Top of the Oh, hour. we do. Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> this whole time I've been doing this, I've just... Uh, I've just been thinking, like, I'll just, you know, I'll hit it whenever I want to hit it. But, nope, nope, there's a time limit, Sam. Look at that. You're more responsible than me. The people know that. (laughs) Uh, Call us in. The phone lines are back up and running. 888-957-9570. Text us on the Chilton Auto Body text line 95795. Tweet us. 
Hashtag Warriors World Radio. Somebody's mad at me because I said I didn't know who Metallica is. I look like I'm 48 years old. <laughs> this. You're not Bobby Axelrod? Come on, man. What is that? You know, people just expect me to know these things, man. That's not what I grew <laughs> up listening to. Rod Stewart. Oh, Rod Stewart fan. Is that, is that... Rod Stewart's like a generation before. <sighs> so somehow you skipped Metallica and went to Rod Stewart. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on back to the Warriors. Um, okay, where do you want to go with this, Sam? Uh, we've got a couple minutes till break. We've got Dave DeFore coming in after the break, uh, around 8.15. We will get back to the Warriors, but I did mention Nikola Jokic with another triple-double Ooh. and putting up 25, 12, and 10 a game, essentially. Uh, you Did you know he set a record for minutes in a playoff game on Friday night? He was the most miserable-looking person in the arena on Friday night. How many minutes did he play? 63 minutes. Four overtimes. Just to put it this way, the NBA's had some of the greatest athletes in all sports of all time. Not MJ, not LeBron, not Wilt Chamberlain. None of them have played a game as many minutes as Nikola Jokic did. The greatest athlete. That's what we're talking about here. The greatest athlete in NBA history, Nikola Jokic. I wish we could show our listeners a picture of Jokic for those that, that are just, you know, that don't necessarily know what he looks like. Definitely a uh, more more crafty than athletic. He's a wily veteran. Is that what people say? Um, but I thought that was what was impressive. We were watching the game right before we came on air. And just the way they lost a four-overtime game and then having to come around and play another game essentially, what, 36 hours afterwards? Yeah. And he still is the best player on the court. That's toughness. That's toughness. That's that's what you want to see from a star player. right? He's seven foot tall. Might have my um, my front runner for the post-game quote of the year. Do we have uh, it? For, for both you guys, Millsap was kind of saying it's been a quick turnaround, but this last day felt so long until you could get back on the court. And what has this last 24 hours been like for you mentally? Uh, for me, I eat good. I watch a TV show. Then I eat good again. Uh, sleep and uh, I to be honest, I didn't even think about it at the game the whole day. So, that that just sounds like a hangover Sunday, Sam. Yeah, that's actually what you sounded like coming into the studio. Today. <laughs> Look, I'm playing through a flu game. It's fine. We'll, we'll be we'll get through it. We got one more hour to go. Uh, he's underrated, funny, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 